David Posternock. 45 goals, leads the NHL. Here he comes. A chance for Richie in front. They score! Make it 46! David Posternock. It's 4-2 Boston. Hello, friends, and it's with great joy that I announce our long two-game losing streak nightmare is over. That's right. The Boston Bruins are back in the win column, getting the better of the Dallas Stars on Thursday evening by a score of 4-3. to Plenty to unpack from that game. But before we do, allow me to introduce myself for those of you who are tuning in for the first time or for those of you who forgotten from yesterday. My name is Ian McLaren. I am the host of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. The podcast can be uh, downloaded through whatever podcast app that you use, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, satellite antenna, transcribing it, however you partake of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I very much appreciate it, and I encourage you to tell your friends and family members about the podcast so they can join with us and talk about this team every single day. Also, if you are an Apple user, I would encourage you to leave a rating and a review. It would be very much appreciated and really helps the podcast to grow. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Ian C. McLaren. You can also find the show's Twitter account at LO underscore Boston Bruins. And uh, with that, let's get into last night's game where the Bruins, as I mentioned, uh, won a 4-3 game against the Dallas Stars, a very tightly contested game. Uh, and the big talking points this morning are Nick Ritchie's offensive contributions as well as David Krejci's fight. That's right. David Krejci, known more for his silky hands than his uh, rough mitts, dropped the gloves with Joe Pavelski of the Dallas Stars. Uh, it was his first regular season fight in about a decade. He did participate in a line brawl in a preseason game against the Philadelphia Flyers uh, in 2017, but uh, Krejci, exception to a hit levied on him by Pavelski, the two uh, sparred a little bit. Uh, skating up the ice, and then finally they drop the gloves, bringing the Bruins faithful to their feet and ultimately spurring the Bruins to victory. I know people kind of overstate the impact of fights in hockey and um, how they might change the emotion of a game. Uh, I personally am not a huge fan of fighting uh, and you know face punching, although this uh, was fun to watch and there's no doubt that it did in some ways turn the tide in last night's game. Uh, David Krejci of the fight said, just one of those things, I felt like he was a little over the line towards me, so I tried to settle him down. It's nice to see the guys respond. That was a good win, good bounce back win from the last game. So pretty happy about those two points. Um, after the fight, about three minutes later, the Bruins scored two goals in a span of one minute and 17 seconds to take the lead. Bruce Cassidy said it sure appeared to get the team going, get a couple old timers like that going at it. Everyone enjoys it. I don't know much about Pavelski fighting's history, but Krejci, I've seen him in a few over the years. He can hold his own. A good partner for him. Looked like there were two willing guys going at it. That's just some of that stuff that happens in hockey through the course of the game. It's organic. Nothing staged there. Certainly woke us up. Not that I felt we didn't have it early on, but gave us a little extra juice, let's put it that way. And like I said, 
I'm not a fan of the stage fighting, you know, the way of the past where you'd have two enforcers who are only on the ice pretty much to punch each other in the face. This one came out of a more organic uh, back and forth. Um, so I can kind of understand that. Um, people say, you know, fighting should be eliminated from the game. It, you know, it kind of is because it is penalized. But um, so, you know, the Bruins lost Krejci for five minutes in that game. And, and that's not something you necessarily want to see when it's 1-1. But it really did spark the team. Like I said, uh, Brad Marchand buried his 26th goal of the season about three minutes and 20 seconds after the fight on a beautiful Beautiful cross ice feed from, sorry, cross crease feed from Charlie McAvoy. The Bruins went up 2 1 at that point. And then shortly thereafter, Nick Ritchie scored his first uh, in the black and gold with a bouncing wrister from the high slot to extend Boston's lead to 3 1 at the time. Uh, Ritchie said that was big. The crowd was into that one, and Krejci definitely got a few shots in. He's saying that of the fight. Seeing two veterans fight like that is good for momentum. It was good. We kind of blew it open there. Probably the difference in the game, it was pretty close other than that, and we capitalized. Uh, obviously, Richie is more known for fighting in the past. He's racked up the penalty minutes over the course of his career. He started the game with Krejci and Kasha, and um, it was <laughs> Krejci who ended up making the difference uh, with his with his uh, fists, and Richie who scored his first uh, as a Bruin later on as a result. Dallas did pull back within a goal uh, early in the third period, but you heard that highlight off the top of David Pasternak scoring his 46th goal of the season. It was a two-on-one situation with Nick Ritchie uh, making the feed to Pasternak for the tap-in. The Stars were able to pull within one with uh, the goalie pulled, but Boston was able to prevail and hold on, and it was a great response after the two very down games against Vancouver and uh, Calgary earlier this week. Cassidy said, I think the players were aware the last two games weren't our best. There are certain points of the year the schedule gets you a little bit, and I thought there was a stretch there that it did get us, and that had something to do with it, meaning you know, playing Vancouver in uh, the third game in four nights out west, then coming back, uh, dealing with the emotion of the trade deadline, uh, falling flat to the flames uh, in their first game back in Boston after that Western swing. So it was good to get back against a very tough Western Conference uh, opponent for sure. Um, he said we needed to be better, and we were tonight. Going back to the fight, um, Krejci said he has nothing personal against Pavelski. He likes him as a player, but he thought towards him a few times he went a little too far. Fighting is nothing he wants to do often. It's just one of those things in the moment you don't really think much. You just drop the gloves. And like I said, that kind of uh, fight between two established veterans, not really known for that, uh, really seemed to spark the team, and Boston came out with the win. Um, they were kind of lucky to do so, as they were uh, kind of outplayed by the Stars in this one. If you look at the possession numbers, Corsi percentage at 5-on-5, five five, uh, Dallas had a 55.81% advantage over the Bruins. Uh, if we kick that into all situations, it was pretty even that way as Boston was able to, um, you know, take advantage of special teams opportunities. So in all situations last night, it was a 50.91% advantage for the Stars. So fairly even overall, but in five on five, uh, 
Dallas was the better team on this night. Um, we should mention Andre Cash's debut. Obviously, Nick Ritchie uh, got the love for uh, recording the goal and assist, but Kasha looked very good. Keep in mind, he was playing his first game since uh, February 7th and making his Boston Bruins debut. He skated uh, 15 minutes and 16 seconds, recorded two shots on goal, two hits uh, as well, had a couple uh, good looks, evaded one hit that could have been uh, pretty bad there, uh, but was able to get a couple shots on goal. And, uh, you know, I have uh, pretty high hopes for him in a Boston Bruins uniform, uh, and I really think he um, will make an impact uh, sooner than later for the Bruins, who are in action uh, again on Saturday. Another weekend matinee coming up for the Bruins. Thankfully, not a back-to-back situation this time around, but they will be in uh, Long Island on Saturday to take on the Islanders, a one o'clock game. Uh, the Islanders are currently in a wild card spot in the Eastern Conference. Two points up on Columbus for their, uh, the first wild card spot. Four points up on Carolina, who is currently outside looking in, as well as the Rangers are outside looking in. Uh, both the Hurricanes and the Rangers have games in hand on Columbus. And again, like I said the other day, I expect them to drop down. But uh, we're talking about the Islanders. They're 35, 20, and 8. 78 points. One point back of Philadelphia for third in the Atlantic. And uh, two points back of Pittsburgh for second. Only six points back of the Capitals for first in the Atlantic. So again, the Atlantic very tight. Only 10 points separating first from uh, seventh in that division. And um, that's going to be a very interesting race down the stretch. So the Islanders will obviously be hungry for the points. And the Bruins hopefully can keep uh, this positive momentum going from this win over the Dallas Stars. Thought it'd be a good time now to update our NHL top five power rankings, a little segment I like to call All the President's Men, meaning the teams that are in the running for the President's Trophy. We'll look at the top five teams. Those of you who have listened to the podcast will know that I like to look not only at straight up points, but also point percentage, goal differential, take a look at some uh, advanced stats as well to tell a bit of a better picture than we might get just from points. Uh, In the number five spot this week, I'm going to put the Colorado Avalanche. They've played 62 games, record of 37, 18, and 7, good for 81 points. They're fifth in terms of point percentage with uh, a mark of 653, and they're also uh, second overall, actually tied for first with our Bruins in terms of goal differential at plus 47, which is pretty wild considering the amount of injuries that they've gone through this season. Uh, they're currently without Miko Rantanen, Nazem Kadri, uh, just to name a couple of players. And uh, I really think that they are a force to be reckoned with out West. And um, they're, yeah, I really think uh, even though they're behind the Blues, uh, they deserve a lot of respect and, and should be a team to watch out for in the playoffs for sure. Uh, number five, I'm going, oh, sorry, number four, I'm going to put the Washington Capitals. They have 84 points to date. Uh, they've really been uh, struggling as of late, to be honest. A uh, record of three, six, and one over their last 10. Uh, they've were, used to be neck and neck with the Bruins for first overall, but now they are 
uh, yeah, just well behind and uh, struggling to retain top spot in the Metropolitan Division. Uh, but still, you know, they have 84 points uh, and a plus 26 goal differential. They made some good moves prior to the deadline, adding Brendan Dillon and Ilya Kovalchuk, guys who uh, the Bruins were believed to have been in on at some point. Um, and, uh, you know, it's really looking like it will be uh, Pittsburgh and uh, Washington again in the second round, and that should be just a monster series if it indeed that is to take place. Although there are other teams in the Metro that um, could easily beat them both in the first round. I would, Well, not easily, but it's not with outside the realm of possibility. Uh, number three, I'm going to put the St. Louis Blues. They're actually second in points behind the Bruins with 86. They have a record of 38, 17, and 10. Uh, I bumped them down a bit because of their goal differential. It's at plus 28. And they also are behind the Tampa Bay Lightning in terms of point percentage, although very slightly. Uh, St. Louis is at 662. Tampa Bay is at 664. Uh, so Tampa Bay, I'm putting in second. Uh, they, again, have lost four in a row, which has uh, helped the Bruins kind of pull away a little bit. Uh, they're seven points back of Boston. They do have the second best point percentage in the NHL, second best goal differential at plus 46. Uh, but yeah, this four-game losing streak has uh, taken a bit of wind out of their sails Um and I'm putting the Boston Bruins firmly in uh, first place. They have 92 points. They're the only team with a uh, point percentage above 700. They're at 708. Tied for first in terms of uh, goal differential, as I mentioned. One of, uh, actually, they're the NHL's best team in terms of goals against per game at 2.46. They are, uh, let's see here. Seventh when it comes to goals four per game at 3.29, uh, hence the uh, heady goal differential. And, uh, you know, fingers crossed, they really do seem to be a team uh, to be reckoned with here again uh, as we head into the playoffs. It's very difficult to return to the final after making it the previous year. Um, and, you know, we all remember the, the heartbreak from last season, uh, the Eastern Conference is just a murderer's row of contending teams. If you look at the league standings, the Bruins, if they finish first in the Atlantic, could be going up against uh, a team as high as 12th overall in the NHL standings. Uh, that's Columbus right now is in the second wildcard spot. But again, as I mentioned, Carolina, uh, they have three games in hand on Columbus. They're only two points back. Uh, the Rangers, who are red hot right now, uh, are only two points back of Columbus as well with two games in hand. So both the Islanders and the Blue Jackets could well find themselves on the outside looking in as the Carolina Hurricanes and the New York Rangers are very much hot on their heels for those wildcard spots. And uh, we all know how uh, much momentum heading into the playoffs matters. Uh, we saw... You know, last year, Tampa Bay steamrolled into the playoffs, winning the President's Trophy by like 20 points, and then they were swept early on by a hot uh, Metropolitan uh, wildcard team in the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, the Bruins, I think, have been pretty consistent all year, um, and 
you know, either way, there are no guarantees in that in the Stanley Cup playoffs. But um, I think they should be well positioned no matter who they play. But again, there will be no easy outs, and it'll be interesting not only to keep an eye on the top of the standings and if Boston can hold on to that spot or uh, whether they fall back and play uh, either the Maple Leafs or the Florida Panthers in the first round. Last night, I mentioned the Lightning are on a losing streak. They lost 5-2 to Chicago, and Toronto beat the Florida Panthers by a score of 5-3, setting them up for, um, yeah, the best shot at taking that third spot in the Atlantic. There are four points ahead of Florida. Uh, Florida has a game in hand, but, you know, time is running out. Uh, Toronto has 17 games left. Florida has 18. And to be quite honest, the Panthers haven't really done much to inspire me uh, to think that they can overtake Toronto despite Toronto's injuries on the blue line. So to recap the uh, top five teams this week, we're going to go Colorado in fifth, Washington fourth, the Blues in third, Tampa Bay Lightning in second, and our Boston Bruins firmly in the number one spot. Uh, If we look at some deeper numbers, uh, Lightning are a better possession team than the Bruins, 52.5, Corsi percentage, and five-on-five play so far this season. Bruins at 51.01, and they've really come on strong as of late. Uh, In that category, they were at one point barely over 50, if not a touch underneath. In terms of expected goals, uh, which we know is shot kind of quality over shot quantity, uh, the Bruins are now a top 10 team at 51.72. This is at 5-on-5 play again. The Lightning are second at 54.21 behind the Vegas Golden Knights. So uh, Bruins' underlying numbers slowly trickling upwards, which is a great sign. Uh, not quite among the elite in those categories, But again, like I've been saying all season long, uh, Bruins goaltending and their special teams really uh, help to tip the scales in their favor game in and game out. And we're seeing that come to fruition. Um, If it weren't for those loser points earlier in the season, the Bruins would be the far and away uh, best team in the NHL. Uh, Even still at present, they're six points ahead of St. Louis and seven ahead of Tampa Bay in the race for first in uh, the Atlantic overall standings as well. Uh, So it's a great time to be a Bruins fan. Those of you who have been listening to the podcast for quite some time will have heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. You may not know that Locked On Bruins is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Bruins fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listeners, a locked-on podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Bruins fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put our company right here on this locked-on podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcasts.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On Advertising success. Again, that's advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcasts.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. 
Let's finish off today's show by taking a look at some news and notes from around the NHL. The big story uh, last night was in Ottawa, where Bobby Ryan recorded a hat trick uh, to lead the Senators over uh, the Vancouver Canucks by a score of five to two. It was Ryan's first home game since returning from the player assistance program for alcohol abuse. I believe he's a hundred days sober now, and to see him score not one, not two, but three goals uh, was was really special. Uh, he was clearly overcome with emotion on the bench as his teammates and Ottawa fans cheered for him after recording the hat trick and uh, just a really cool moment uh, in the NHL. Uh, you know, the best story, I won't say of the month because David Ayers is up there as well. Uh, but yeah, good on Ryan for uh, taking steps to uh, get on a better path and for coming back uh, and, uh, yeah, recording that hat trick and, and get on the Ottawa fans for getting behind him and supporting him in that journey as well. Uh, Blackhawks rookie Dominic Kublik recorded his first career NHL hat trick uh, as the Blackhawks scored five unanswered goals to beat the Lightning last night. He now leads all rookies with 29 goals. And, uh, yeah, the Lightning loss helped Boston gain not gain some ground, but uh, expand their lead uh, in the Atlantic Division, as we discussed earlier. Uh, I mentioned David Pasternak scored his 46th goal of the season. Uh, he remains in the league lead, although Austin Matthews also scored last night. He's at 44 goals. Uh, both players have 17 games remaining on the schedule, health permitting, and um, you know both are well on track to eclipse. Uh, 50 goal mark for the first time in their respective careers. Uh, and Alexander Ovechkin remains hot on their trail. He's at 43 goals um, and looking to win yet another Rocket Richard trophy. Although it looks like at this point, one of these uh, hotshot young players will take that title this year. And for, uh, hopefully that will be our boy Pasta. In the race for the uh, league lead in points, Pasternak is second at the moment behind uh, Leon Dreisaitl. Dreisaitl has 99 points through 64 games. Uh, Pasternak is at 90 points through uh, 65 games as well. Uh, Connor McDavid is second in terms of points per game. He was injured there for a bit. He's at 1.5 points. While Artemi Panarin is in fourth He's got 87 points through 62 games and uh, is fourth overall, actually tied for third with McDavid at 87 points overall. So kind of lost in Pasternak's um, goal quest is the fact that he might very well eclipse uh, the 100-point mark for the first time in his career as well. In fact, if he maintains his 1.3 point-per-game pace, he'll... Uh, push for over 110 points, which would be a remarkable season, and in my estimation, should put him in the uh, con- no, not Con Smythe, although that would be nice later, but the uh, Hart Trophy conversation as league MVP. Although Leon Drysaddle's uh, well established as the front runner at this point, uh, I would expect. And Artemi Panarin, indeed, is coming on as well. If the Rangers do make the playoffs, he should certainly be in that conversation for sure. Quick update on a couple guys. The Bruins were rumored to be 
uh, considering prior to the trade deadline, first Pierre Lebrun believes there's a strong possibility the Columbus Blue Jackets trade Josh Anderson this summer. He's a restricted free agent with arbitration rights and a year away from UFA eligibility. Um, there's also seems to be a difference opinion between the Blue Jackets and Anderson's camp as to how to treat his current shoulder injury that was suffered in December that could sideline him for the rest of the season. Uh, he would be a great player to play in a Boston Bruins uniform, although I think uh, they kind of turned the page on that and went for Richie and Kasha instead this year. I don't think they'd be in on him again this summer, but uh, but you never know. Uh, also, Curtis Pashelka of the Mercury News reports Joe Thornton fully re- intends to return to the San Jose Sharks after this season. He'll be a UFA this summer. Uh, Sportsnet's Elliot Friedman recently speculated, as I talked about the other day, that Thornton could sign with the Maple Leafs if he's not sold on the Sharks bouncing back next season. Uh, Thornton said it's an iconic team for sure, that being the Maple Leafs, but I'm a Shark. I'm a Shark. I've been privileged to play here and understand what it is to be a shark. I'm trying to pass it on to the younger guys and how much pride we take out here playing in front of these fans. I've always said I'm a lifelong shark and I will make no apologies for that. The sharks, of course, are uh, on a down season this year. Just a myriad of injuries that have affected them. Uh, Once they get a healthy Eric Carlson, Logan Couture, Thomas Hurdle, and any moves they make in the offseason, they should be able to bounce back next year although they will lose out on a very high draft pick that was traded to Ottawa in that Eric Carlson trade. Uh, In terms of games to watch this weekend, I mentioned the Bruins are in action on Saturday afternoon against the Islanders. Uh, You will also want to watch tonight, I believe, uh, the Rangers and Flyers uh, will be a great game. I mentioned the Rangers pushing for that second wildcard spot. Colorado and Carolina here on Friday night should also be a whale of a game to watch. The Tampa Bay Lightning will be playing the Calgary Flames on Saturday afternoon. Uh, The Maple Leafs will be in action against the Vancouver Canucks on Saturday night. Uh, Two games to keep an eye on uh, for sure. And then on Sunday, Philly and the Rangers will be on the NBC game. Uh, And so that will be one to watch for sure as those two teams fight for um, some ground in the wildcard race and in the Metropolitan Division. One final note today, it is the 10th anniversary of the Golden Goal. I know my American listeners may not want to hear that, but 10 years ago today, Sidney Crosby scored in overtime to uh, defeat Team USA in the gold medal match in Vancouver Olympics. Uh, Canada won in overtime Uh, Crosby was asked what he remembered, and he said, what he remembers most is all the stories from buddies of mine, friends of mine, people in the community. So many people have told me where they were at when that goal was scored. It was so cool at the moment it happened to be a part of it and to experience it. I personally was um, at my in-law's house. Uh, We were watching it. Actually, we had just convinced my father-in-law to sign up for HD at that time uh, for the Olympics. So it was my first hockey tournament uh, watching in HD, and uh, it was just amazing to see that. My brother-in-law and I got into the car, went downtown Guelph after the game, and uh, you know there were people cheering all through downtown, and it was cool just to go and get a beer at a local pub and, and take in the uh, atmosphere. 
which was pretty cool. So, you know, apologies to you folks down in the States if that brings up some, uh, you know, bad memories. But uh, for us up here, it was certainly a day to remember. That's it for this week's episodes of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Again, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where you can find a podcast for your team every single weekday. Uh, If you're a Red Sox fan, a Celtics fan, a Patriots fan, you can look for the Locked On uh, podcast for those respective teams as well, uh, as well as every other NHL team around the league if you're interested in hearing that. My name again is Ian McLaren. Follow me on Twitter at ENC McLaren. Check out the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins. And Apple users, please uh, leave a uh, rating and a review. It would be very much appreciated. I hope you all have a great weekend. Uh, enjoy other hockey action in the evenings as our Bruins will be playing, uh, you know, in the afternoon. I, for one, will be, uh, well, I'm all caught up on my shows. Currently watching new seasons of Better Call Saul, Homeland, uh, this is us confession, uh, as well as the sinner, which has been very good. Shits Creek curb, a lot of good stuff to catch up on. Any recommendations hit me up on twitter.com. Yeah. Have a great weekend, friends. Take care of yourself. Stay warm. If winter is hitting you hard, which it is here these days, and I will catch up with you again on Monday. Peace.